Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. Mike Connolly. Hello. And our guest for the day, Stephen Petrus of Murderous Vision, uh, Live Bait Recording Foundation, and uh, he also put together that City Ruins documentary about uh, Cleveland noise. How's it going? What's up, Stephen? Not much. Thanks for having me. Ah, thanks for, for coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we are very, very excited to have you on. And we are also excited to confirm that your name is pronounced Petrus and not Petrus, as we have certainly said for years. We definitely as, have said yes, Petrus. Yes. So we're we're setting the record straight on noise actually. Twenty and, years. You and a million other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. Stephen picked a compilation that's near and dear to, I think, all of our hearts, the Death Odors International compilation on Slaughter Productions, of course, curated and released by Marco Corbelli. And uh, in part, we're do- you know, we haven't done a comp- compilation since Music Should Hurt. Correct. And that's a whopper of a comp, too. And I, yeah. I'd like to maybe do more comps, and this is a great opportunity. Yeah. But uh, Stephen also put two of his older comps on his label up on Bandcamp recently, the Salvation Bloodletting comp and the Bated Breath compilation, which uh, that was previously a cassette. So now you've got like nice digital version of it <laughs> to, to check out and a lot of great tracks on that. But also has curated a beautiful compilation, uh, which will be up for pre-order on the next Bandcamp day, December 4th, uh, 2020. If you're listening to this which, before then, that's this Friday. If you're listening to this episode, when it comes <laughs> out, called Dia Natalis Invicti Solis. Actually, our very own Mike Connolly has a track on this compilation, along with friend of the podcast, yeah. David Reed, and uh, other friend of the podcast and great mastering engineer, Grant Richardson, as Nod. Uh, and then a whole host of classic... Names from the uh, industrial era, the the nineties, uh, early two thousands industrial era. You want to give us the the rundown on this comp, Stephen? It's Klistwar, Nod Ord from Russia, who's been around a while but is just kind of finally starting to be heard by more people. Amazing project, everybody should check out. Contra State Murderous Vision featuring the Crow Hill Gnostic Temple, which is. Friends of ours here from Cleveland. Uh, Steve was in Telecall Powers. Okay. Um, and they, they're they the curators and owners of the Buckland Gallery in Cleveland. So, Oh, right. Okay. Great. They know what they know what they're doing as far as like, you know, evoking a good ritual. Constructivists, Dutch Nepal, Envenomist, Dream into Dust, Failing Lights, Theologian and the Vomit Arsonist, and Brighter Death Now. I have gotten to listen to this compilation, and it is awesome and fulfills all the needs I think you'll have for the uh, the proper moods of the Invictus. Look, taking the Fan Light track out of it, and actually, I will note that Tara is involved on that track as well. Oh. But taking my track out, don't I'm, this is this is let's talk about all the other tracks. This I couldn't believe it when I heard this comp for the first time when, when Steven sent it. Everyone delivered some grade A tracks. The Contra State track. And we mm-hmm. we, we oh. recently did a Contra State episode on over on the Patreon on the seven inch Sunday. And just what a cool, unique project that is you can't put your finger on it. You can't really it's truly There's really its nothing own thing. like them. 
Yeah. yeah. And the and the and that track is just you know really really Florida's the Deutsch Nepal track. I I just mm. think everyone really delivered but I have to say that that Steven did a great job when you know, when asking you know, when he asked when he asked me for a track just kind of giving a little bit giving enough direction that you get in the right frame of mind and you kind of understand what the comp is supposed to be but obviously not not do do this but you know giving you the giving you the space to think about to set yourself in while recording i think that's a great way to curate a comp yeah it was it it's weird it's just it was literally an idea that came to me when i woke up on like a saturday morning and i got on the computer and emailed my dream list like 70% of the people that are on it i emailed and they all said yes, you know, and then I invited a couple more and then I had a little bit of extra time. So I invited two more projects as well. So, but it was basically like kind of thinking to myself, I wonder if these people would give me a track for a compilation. And the concept came like a week later, actually, you know, like I wanted a strong concept to house all of this power, you know, and that's what we came up with. So I, it, it's really, really cool. And you did an unheard of thing where you actually set a deadline for a comp. You got, and people did it and people actually submitted it and it's <laughs> wow. actually on track. Wow. Yeah, like this, this came together. Yeah, I, I think you emailed in September. If, that's when it happened. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, that is one of the most unheard of, things in in noise a comp that actually yep. came together on time everyone met the deadline <laughs> it's been at the plant for two and a half weeks now i mean it's crazy Come everybody on. really came through you know but for it to be correct it would have had to have or we'd have to wait till next year so right mm -hmm. right right by so, then we'll probably all be dead right i mean exactly you know. right exactly so let's just do this before that and yeah this is yep. this this is a comp that's supposed to be listened to in in the winter in December. It's 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 a perfect time for this to come out, and so and yeah. in specific on December twenty fifth, I I I would like everybody that purchases it to definitely make sure that they listen to it on that day because that's what it's for. Absolutely, you know? we'll, I'm sure we'll be we'll probably mm -hmm. hit it around twelve oh one on Christmas Eve. Uh, into it so it'll just it'll truly start awesome. the day mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, yeah no this is a it's a really really exciting comp absolutely honored to be a part of it and like i said just taking, honored to have you definitely hey taking the nepotism out of it this it is just truly uh, a pretty a very special comp that 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 kleist war track Kleist War track oh, opens man. it up and it is really a powerhouse, man. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. So uh, I got to I got to be the, me and my girlfriend Pauline got to be the only people that heard that thing completed for like three weeks, right. <laughs> and and it was like it was super awesome to have it be that personal. And but then you know we really wanted people to hear it, you know. So now I'm at that point where I can't wait till people hear it. Uh, know? I know the feeling. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So yeah. very exciting. We'll obviously have a link up for that on the on the page. So yeah, this the day this comes out will be this Wednesday the second. 
Friday the 4th will be the Bandcamp day when it'll be fully available to pre-order. But yep, we'll have the link up ready for you to go. And it will be in most people's hands, barring any postal issues by the day that it's supposed to be, if not like a week or so before. So right on. Yeah. it's a loose pre-order. <laughs> uh, that's one of the things I've been listening to recently, and that could lead us right into Connolly's. What have you been listening to? Well, speaking of comps, and actually it was sparked because when we did the Escort episode, Tara had mentioned that the first time that she recalled hearing Escort, which was also the first time I recalled hearing Escort, was on a comp. And I was trying to remember what that would have been, and I remembered. And we pulled out the Sexorama comp. And the five-cassette comp originally collected by Zusafu, by Masami, and then the main reissue that I would assume most people have would be the Triple R five-tape set. Of course, they did come out individually on Zusafu. But the five-tape set is just magnificent with the Trevor Brown artwork. And this used to be something that was available from Triple R forever. I don't think it is anymore. I'm not 100% sure on that. I haven't checked. But I I do think this is not one that's available. But pull that out partly because of of Tara mentioning the Escort track. And then absolutely because of our interview with David Hopkins we I wanted to kind of go back and check out that 80s mm-hmm. era you know with the with Mer, with the the 80s Mersbau and and Hanada Rash and that era of of noise and the comp holds up and it is a standout and again just one of those every tracks it, it it's very different there it's it's very each each artist gives their own unique track and it, it gives a just a, a great flow that isn't always what you expect you know the next track coming up might be there might be a, a, a beat there might be some industrial then goes into a noise collage then goes into maybe maybe a, a live garrow track that just obliterates you know so it's a, it's a great classic comp and it's always a fun thing to try and spot when you visit someone's house. Just keep it out on display. It's generally out. You can find it <laughs> yeah, real easy. Especially good for family gatherings, <laughs> families coming over. That Just have that, noise. have porn noise out. <laughs> yep. It'll be, it'll, it's Just a good. Just make everybody comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> of course. I mean, hey, look, as the classic story goes, it was on display the first night Tara spent with me, so the porn noise was. Yep. So you know, look, it works. Yeah. I'm telling just, you, it works. just a futon mattress on the floor and a porn noise, noise box just yep. sitting there. How could she resist? <laughs> the rest writes Ooh, itself. Exactly. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but and then yeah, also just still going from our interview with 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 David. Mm-hmm. Been listening to a lot of Hydro Kaidan. Been listening yeah. to a lot of Incapacitance. Pulling out the old Alchemy CDs. Just. Rip roaring noise over here. And then leading into our episode today, we pulled out the great Murderous Visions 3 CD, that that more re- that last uh, collection CD, the the mm. ghost. The ghost? Yeah, yeah. yeah love that one, uh, especially Ooh. the first disc on that. Just sets such, such a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. From you just hit play and that the atmosphere just goes on that. I, I love that that album. And yeah, and then just gearing up for some some death odors. So that's kind of that's been a good chunk of what's been getting played around here. Who's next? Who's next? 
I can uh, pop off here. I got uh, got a fair little list of things I've been going through. Got a couple of tapes from Altar of Flies in the past few months, and I've been jamming those. I listened to uh, Inblick and Overblick, sort of a nice uh, pair of companion pieces of his Swedish tape music loops and grossness and raw raw distortion sounds, uh, especially on Overblick. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce them because they're, you know, Swedish. There's like a line over the O. I don't even know how you how you say that thing. We'll never uh, know. The world will never know. <laughs> CCCC Reflexive Universe was on uh, play in the studio for a bit. Uh, well, a bit. It's a single-sided tape, but it is just a total blaster. Uh, it's on vanilla. MSBR, Blazing and Sharp, Mass for Dead Insects. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler alert, that'll be an episode coming in the not so distant future very soon uh one of my favorite cds and we will talk more about why it's one of my favorite cds when we when we get to it and uh radio sound interference pattern tape and uh it's got a got a nice package maybe i mentioned that from from scott arford but a bunch of killer flyers and stuff in there too and gaze campaign gestalt bruise is uh sort of the final thing the first lust vessel tape just Japanese industrial noise and uh yeah and I'm gonna say it I got some stuff coming out for Bandcamp day too and I've been listening to that because I've got to write descriptions for it so <laughs> you get to hear it here now December 4th uh we'll have skin graft hell in the blood cd Fuck yeah. brand new skin graft super harsh nasty ripper four tracks uh, that's not going to be the description on the website, but that's the that's the recent listening description. Uh, Allegory Chapel Limited Demimond Voices CD reissue of Eldon's tape on Gross with one bonus track from '96. Really happy about that one. It sounds great, mastered by Grant Richardson, and really does the trick. And ah, man, Connolly, I'm sorry. One more damn comp with failing lights on it. <laughs> Uh, I'm publishing a book by my friend Lee Landy, who does Oil Thief, called The Long Morning and Other Stories. It's a collection of short stories, and it has a uh, near 80-minute CD compilation with tracks by Yours Truly, Hive Mind, Failing Lights, Death Neal, E. Segila, and Oil Thief. Each track accompanies a piece in the book, so you can read along with the vibe. I made some really dead ambient, because that's what I like to read to, and... So that's uh that's what that is. Yeah. All all should be out on December 4th as well on Bandcamp. Uh and Steven, what have you been listening to? Yeah, just today um I got in the mail that um newish newish reissue of Constructivist 7th Soviet Symphony. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, on the synthetic ambient side, you know, like a lot of the earlier Constructivist was like um guitar-based ambient this is definitely synthetic synthesizers and stuff and also because of today i listened to adam infant incubators cupola i think that's how you say it but um you know just another like lo-fi bleak ambient with symphonic moments disc um and i listened to brighter death now's greatest death recently as well as Contra State's Recorded Evidence 2, which is that new compilation thing that they put out of, you know, comp tracks and stuff like that. Um, it's on Black Rose, their label. 
um, Ord's Live Fire Meditation, which is a CD, DVD, um, double set. You know, it's the same material on both, but it's a live fire ritual, you know. Mm, that's cool. Fantastic. Great project. Actually, um, can you tell us a little bit more about Ord? I'll say that was actually the one project in the comp that I wasn't familiar with, mm -hmm. and I loved their track. Well, um, it's this guy, Alexi. I can't pronounce his last name, but um, I came into acquaintance with him about six months ago. We traded, and I, I may, maybe many people know of his project, but I, it was new to me, yeah, and it me was too. just absolutely fantastic. And his label is Status Prod, which puts out mostly his work, but there's some other artists on there as well. But um, they're just kind of like Russia's oral hypnox, you know, just handmade packaging, hand screened packaging, everything they've put out's gorgeous. It all sounds amazing. It's ritual music, like all of it, you know, cool. just a great band, great label. Um, and then finally dream into dust compilation fragments of legacy. That's been getting a lot of play around here lately. <laughs> So I'll say in comparison to Death Odors, Dream Into Dust and Contra State uh, are, are sort of to me, they would be the the uh, Dia Natalis equivalent of the Con Sono track on yeah, Death Odors. Yep. Uh, Definitely with the gothic yeah. overtones. And yeah, I think we'll get to that track, but it's uh, mm -hmm. that's that's cool. Right on. That's yeah. a nice stack of listening. Perfect for this time of year. Mm-hmm. Brighter Death it's, Now, Greatest Death, or if you got Great Death 1, 2, and 3, just get soak in the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Man. Like it says in the inlay, the, uh, you know, the greatest death is for the car and the yacht, you know? <laughs> I mean, so that's where I listened to it was not in my yacht, but on, in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I live by the lake, but I don't have a yacht. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> Goals. You know, yeah. From years and years ago, I bought a long sleeve uh, Greatest Death shirt from Relapse that I wish I could find mm -hmm. now with the certified dead and the, the necros on the front. Yeah. Oh, so good. I, I wore that until it was literal threads. <laughs> and I wish I would have stopped wearing it 10 years before that. Yes, so. I know the feeling. I have some <laughs> shirts that I do not wear anymore that I treasure, and they're, they just... Sit in the closet because they're they're art pieces now. Mm hmm And uh that brings us to Death Odors. This comp we're here to discuss. Uh this is a long comp, chock full of surprisingly more ambient sounds than I was expecting. Uh Having not listened to it in a little while, it was it is in my sort of recent listening stack because I did play it a while back, but I wasn't focusing and I and I guess I wasn't I was thinking of it more in the death industrial vein. While there's plenty of death industrial present on this, it also goes into some far more dreamy places, which is I think really cool. One thing that I noted about Death Odors one, two, and three when looking at this comp is that uh, Marco didn't put himself on any of these comps. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that's a such a cool choice, especially like this is early. This is 94. This is pretty early in the legacy of Slaughter Productions. Uh, there was a reissue in 2000. But to to remove yourself from it and just put out a bunch of bands you like is 
it's got to be tough. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it, really. I mean, who doesn't want to be alongside I mean, all these bands? <laughs> yeah. And also, I think unique, or at least something you don't always see, is how there's multiple tracks from a couple of the projects next to each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If usually yeah. If there's multiple tracks, a lot of times it's split up, but it it really works in this 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 whole comp. And again, just. It, it's one of those comps that feels like an album, and I yes, think the and exactly, I, and I think the you know the new the the new comp as well is has that same feeling, and I think that's the tie-ins are so distinct, you know, for each track into the next, and it's got that over overall sound quality too, which it actually it sounds like more than anything else that I own, like like a cassette, you know, on mm-hmm. a CD. You know, totally. It, it's like if you expected to buy this in, you know, like, oh, the polish of Slaughter Productions is going to be gone on S- Slaughter Productions one, you know, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. It's dirty as fuck, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it gets kicked off with Meg Terra, who we've done an episode recently on. And I, I, I love these tracks. Oh, these two are great and a perfect way to start this off. Shadowland and Sodom part one and two. Classics. Yeah. I mean, Shadowland just, it it sounds like metal and bone just being rattled. First thing on my sheet is instant bones. (laughs) Like as soon as the track starts. Yeah, yeah, I love the way that these tracks really incorporate organic sounds and synthetic, as you say, like inorganic sounds coming together. And for me, especially mm-hmm. this, like it it doesn't come off like you, you see death odors, you see the the you know preserved humans on the cover, the bones, and it doesn't come in with a violence. It comes in with something that's it's honestly like lovely, like cool blue colors, but you know, and then just the sinister nature really starts to rise. Yeah, and especially on the on the Sodom track, and again it's maybe my feelings are are colored by our listen of Curse of the Scarecrow, but I was yeah. firmly back with some ancient old farm equipment <laughs> revving up, trying to now mal- it's trying to work, but it's malfunctioning. It's abandoned. And, and then those choral vocals come in. Ah, oh, I just, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, these are ancient engines. It's like their tribute, like a post-apocalyptic tribute to the past world that's gone. <laughs> There's a cool sort of like grave rattle sound in that track too. I have machine here. I, I wrote mellow percussion, then I kind of under it just put machine because it it does sound like an old machine. It really has that vibe again from Curse of the Scarecrow. And whereas Shadowland has a rhythm through it, it's more of like a fast heartbeat. It's really like kind of mm-hmm. t- ties in and brings you in. And when listening to this entire compilation, I tried to put myself back in the atmosphere of being in a crypt you know i've talked about before going to like the catacombs in paris or uh said like ossuary and kutnahora uh and some other you know capuchin crypts and ossuaries and the air in there around the bones and being slightly underground or completely underground in those places where it's cold and damp and dank and musty with with bones everywhere uh that this captures that this picture here on the cover of this thing is uh really gives you like the right idea. And if you've spent time around some, some old bones in a damp cave, 
you can i got to visit sedlak once it's amazing the so, second you yeah, walk in yeah. right it's it's it mm-hmm. i i was it's moved like to every tears amazing the first album time. cover you've ever seen <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's and the the atmosphere in there and like the the even like the the wood that the skulls are sitting on and stuff it's like it's it's rotting they can't replace it they can't repair it because it's that's that's where all those skulls have been arranged all those bones have been mm-hmm. arranged they're not moving that stuff it's just sitting there decaying with the other organic material, the bones. And it's, it's a really powerful thing. And so this, this just takes you right there. You hear the bones, you hear the metal, you hear the dirt. And like you said, it feels like a tape. It feels like a, a, an organic piece of the slaughter catalog from the get go through to awesome mega terror tracks. But man, then we get to this raison d'etre track and ah, you're, you're at the, uh, you're at the Creek near the uh near the cave or near the ossuary near the crypt and there's just these these chimes before the trademark sort of raison d'etre strings swell in slowly it's to me it reminds me of like an ancient burial right you know like just it has that sound of off in the distance melodies and the chants and yeah, that's my first exposure ever to Razan, and it was a good impression. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. this even <laughs> reminds me of like that that body sounds that we hear, like the the sound of you know blood pumping through an organ or the circulation of the body. Like I thought it was very you know visceral, and for it to be called pharynx, um, like the you know the whole the area above your breathing hole and feeding hole you know it's just it's very um bodily sounds of the inside yeah. and these this <laughs> inside void ambient you just go you go in and it's that obscured sounds yeah this is just perfect distillation and that's of this one of my favorite things about ambient music is that it does you know turn your eye inward and take you inside of your own body and it takes you outside of your own body into space and other places too but i think that's yeah. certainly part of the journey it's very much like what he was doing at that era which shortly after this he kind of started to like lose the corals and get a little more minimal and a little more cavernous and it it's good that you know on this early comp that it preserves that early sound too, because he did, he mutated quite a bit away from that, you know? Yeah. We have a lot of Swedes on this album. Yes. And I mean, Marco, Marco was definitely in contact with the Swedish scene. This is the Italo Swedish connection right here. Yeah. Yeah, It's the, it is the Italian Swedish noise treaty. Like the the Italian Swedish death industrial ambient treaty. (laughs) In 1994, that's where the best ritual ambient was coming from, was Sweden, Italy, and Germany. I mean, that was the powerhouse of it all, Mm -hmm. you know. You had Tesco, Old Europa Cafe, and Cold Meat and Slaughter. I mean, those were big conduits for that kind of thing, you know. And so how did you come to to the, these labels, this comp back in the nineties, what, what would have, what was your, what was, was your path to get to the, to get here? Well, I've, you know, through metal, I started listening to like 
Painkiller, and then John Zorn, and then Mersbau. And this particular comp was my entryway to it, to these kinds of sounds. And that was a couple of friends of mine went to Michigan Death Fest. We like piled up there, I think it was 95. And there was a relapse stall there. And I just started talking to Bill Yurkowitz and being like, you know, I'm listening to Mersbau and stuff, but you know, is there something darker? And he's like, you need death odors. And I put it, put it on my stack. Same day. I also bought you will never survive this nightmare oh, yeah. by McGavger on cassette, which I ultimately reissued. So, um, it was a, that was a pivotal day, you know, spent there and I, I walked away with death odors and everything's been different ever since. And and you said it was so. Michigan death fest. I don't think I've, I've yep. and it was in Flint. I of believe. course. Flint. Do you remember yeah. who all played or at least a couple of people? It was incantation mortician. Uh, I spent, uh, to be honest, I spent most of my time at the, friggin' relapse stall talking about this <laughs> shit with Yurkowitz, but I was kind of like fading out of the whole death metal thing at that point, but I still went, you know, all of my metalhead buddies went and we, you know, had a great time, but like in the hotel afterwards, it was death odors and everybody's like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> wow. So, Amazing. But, um, but yeah, but I do remember Mortician in Incantation and there was like so many other bands. Sick. Yeah. Wild. Obviously, the death metal noise connection, especially in the 90s, especially because of Relapse, was so strong. And of course, we talked to to Dom about that, you know, his journeys to Milwaukee Metal Fest being a big part of his journey to noise. Mm -hmm. And especially the, I mean, the Relapse, the importance of Relapse in the 90s cannot be Ugh. overstated for bridging a lot of these gaps and Absolutely. introducing people to this music that obviously still to this day, we're still obsessed with and will never not be. I mean, I, I'm sure I would have still found weird stuff, but I don't think I would have found the particular weird stuff that sings to me, you know, if it weren't for relapse, right. you know, like after, after that little thing, you know, I was like calling their telephone line every payday and like, you know, getting willy nilly blind picks out of their catalog mm -hmm. for for years after that. Did you did you did you meet or were you in contact with Kennedy while he was at relapse at that time? Jonathan Kennedy. I don't know for sure. Mm. I, I'm not sure if he ever answered the phone for the right, mail order, right. but. I was definitely buying his work, but I never really, I actually didn't really ever meet him until recently. Oh, okay. and, you know, I, 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 I played a show with him many years ago, but I don't think that I, that we talked as it goes but, sometimes mm -hmm. back in the day, especially. Yeah. 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 And actually in, even by saying meeting him, I've still had not met him in person, but I met him online recently. Yeah, for, you know, you know, as it is now, just like we are. Yeah, we're, you know. we've definitely known each known of each other and known each other for a while through the indirect circles. But, but he was definitely working there at that time, mm -hmm. so it's very possible he might have jotted down my order a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> I love that. So sick. This Inanna track is. Great and placed great again, like we're talking about. This whole thing is feels like an album. And after the the Raison track, 
to come in with this kind of stoic and spacious track. It, it, it just, the flow right away. You just know that the rest of this album, the flow and the order is, 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 yeah, is laid it, out. It just really right. preserves the mood, but you have a lot of variance among the sounds and like, how difficult is that to do? And it's really a testament to Marco's curative ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Inanna track knocked me on the floor here with this like empty ritual industrial sound. Like it is so just sparse, but all the sounds are really nice. There's a simple sort of the hits, rhythm going through it. Yeah, hits. the these sort of tings. It's it's some kind of metal, resonating metal, or maybe piano. And there's a looped chant, but it's not the choral chant. It's almost more of like a a guttural chant kind of thing that's going on with it, and it. It's it's really good, and uh, this is of course Mikhail Stavrostrand, who is in Archon, mm. who was in Archon Satani before they split up. Yeah, uh, who Steven's also wearing a T-shirt of. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, we'll get to Archon Satani in a minute, but also another great a great track on this. So, two tracks not by the same project in a row, but two tracks close to each other in the running order with the same person involved is another kind of nice thread running through this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes me excited. I really love Sumerian literature, so already I was like, I can't wait to hear the Anana track, and then also he's involved with things, Archon, so, you know, already I'm just going to love it. So, of course, this is magical, atmospheric, beautiful, so fun. Yeah, I think he's he's still active under his own name, but it's like really minimalist techno, which is surprising. But, you know, I want to say um, he played Detroit in like 2000 on it. Did he tour the U.S. in like 99 or 2000? He very well could have. He lives in Los Angeles. Oh, now. wow. So, uh, I yeah. want to say I saw him in an upstairs gallery and he brought a desktop computer. Yeah, that sounds uh, about like what he's doing these yeah. days. <laughs> well, I mean, this would have been 20 years ago, but still, uh, this was yeah. sort of post-Inana. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's a, a memory I have. I might be getting it wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Mikhail Stavrostrand. Brought a desktop. I like it. Well, that's the new favorite over when people bring their whole rack <laughs> yeah, to a gig. Bring, Always a surprise. Bring, bring your entire desktop. Bring your desktop. I've seen it before. Yeah. Actually, I love it. I, I, I'm, I'm so on board with, especially now or, mm-hmm. or in modern times, bringing a. In the early days, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I, It's been a, been a hot minute. Since <laughs> I've seen, I, seen that setup. I'm into it. Know. Hang on while I plug in my CPU. Yeah. <laughs> now the next track, and actually, Stephen, you mentioned listening to the Adam Infant Incubator album. This was, I was not familiar with this project and kind of forgot about it. And then re-listening to it leading up to this episode, this track is amazing. And I really want to grab that album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the album's a little, um, it, this represents it, but the albums, there's a few of them. They're cleaner. Okay. They're not as, I mean, like it's, it's, probably recorded a little bit better which i'm not saying anything bad about this because right, right. the recording is perfect but but um they're the albums are definitely a little cleaner than this you guys were discussing what you felt about adam infant incubator oh, right. prior Gra- to recording Gra- yeah gray and i were the, yeah. the name and i in my see in my mind because of the word adam i i 
I said I thought the name nece- didn't necessarily translate to the sounds, but Gray said, well, incubator. I'm like, okay, yes, but with Adam, I just picture an explosion and just destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- I mean, the track is even called prenatal segment, though. No, you're, hey, look, look. So, you know, see, I, you guys think I that I was can... laughing because I was thinking the entire time. I was just thinking of like the Large Hadron Collider, like, you know, like baby atomic materials and like the things that they're trying to, you know, okay, separate but this has, atoms yep, into. Yep. <laughs> the, the thing is, it's, and I'm going to blow y'all's minds with this. It's both of these Please. things. You know what? Oh yeah, it is. And we that's that's why rest. it has this soothing synth sort of noise mm-hmm. emptiness. There's a, a womb pulse, but then there's all these sort of sci-fi flourishes in this track. Yeah. And yes. so that's it is all of these things. <laughs> I agree. Really I wrote is. it's it this is internal space as outer space, and I absolutely agree. Oh, like a womb. Sure. With the universe in it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Universal <movie. laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> Pre-birth death industrial. That's what I that's what I called this. Yeah. So Yeah, this yep, track's great though. All right. This yeah, track's this so one's great. Really yes, it, it's truly good. Yeah. It's got like a really like march like character to it. Just the flow of the percussion and stuff definitely uh brings that characteristic out well hey that's what's great about a comp because now we have a new project to check out yeah a new old yeah. project a new old project i new think they only have like a couple <laughs> albums and then they have a couple compilations of various things yeah so they're an easy one to get into <laughs> hell yeah so steven you definitely comps are important to you not only in obviously discovering this death orders comp early on, but on live bait, you've, you've, you've put out some, some classic comps and obviously with the one coming up, what, yeah. what, what to you is the importance of comps? It's, it's just that when I first started, like they were so important, like you had like the seed mouth comp on cold spring and you had death odors and the subsequent death odors and absolute supper and even the wolves had their teeth and Carmona collection. And, like I spent a lot of time listening to nothing but comps, you know, because it's, it's always been something that this genre has done well. I mean, that's not to say that there's not crummy cop comps out there, but there are a, a lot of good comps of death industrial music from that era. And, you know, when I started live bait, it seemed like no secret that, you needed a good comp if you wanted to have a good label, you know? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, they just, I think that they're immensely important to this era and I wish they were more important to the current one that we're in, you know? Yeah. I actually see every now and again, some sort of a negative view of comps and maybe it's because people are hearing the not so great yeah. ones or because new projects are easier to find now with Discogs, YouTube, whatever being more prevalent than back in the day when, yeah, you had to order, you got Absolute Supper and you wanted to know about every band on that comp and you listened to that comp to death. And some of those tracks, like, where would we be without having I Wish I Was a Little Girl by Brad or Death now on Absolute Supper? Like, that's such a great piece and such yeah, a powerful or song. I glorify myself by Ordo Equilibrio. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, 
yeah, that comp was a very important comp, you know? And, and yeah, thinking about that time, especially in the nineties, you know, when we had Orphix on and they said how their track on exploration one really did get them out to a larger audience. It, it worked, I guess mm-hmm. the idea, like yeah, when yeah. comps worked for the purpose of yeah. introducing projects to a different audience, a wider audience. And it is great to think of that time when, I mean, you know, as we've mentioned so many, well, t- people looked at it that way. Yeah. I think yeah. back then too, like, like, you know, if, if somebody's curating a compilation and ask somebody else and they're like, Oh, you know, a lot of times bands will be like, well, yeah, I'm not using this track, you know? So that's not how it should fucking go. Right. You right. know I mean? <laughs> no, even uh, I mean, the comps I, I've done, like, okay. Uh, at the end of the rope was a themed comp. There were two discs and I, it's a great people, comp. Thank you. That, it took, that one took me forever <laughs> to put out. And then like when I did steel trap, it was a theme in, in terms of sound, I sort of told people a, a vibe that I would like them to do their take of. And I think those are two solid ways to approach a comp is have a theme running through it. So there's a coherent thread there or have a sound running through it. And, and the sound running through it is really on the curator to ask people that knows they can, that they can pull those things and to ask for a new or exclusive track generally. Like, I don't want to ask someone for a comp and they're like, Oh yeah, I got your track right here. I want to ask someone for a comp yeah. track and they have to go make something specific for this comp. It, it that's one mm-hmm. of the things that gets you a good comp. I think is when you have at least some sort of directive, it's like, uh, you know that when I was younger, this is a really stupid analogy, but it holds true. When I was younger, you know, if you if you uh, went to McDonald's and ordered a burger without the pickles, they would make it fresh. Everyone would say, "Oh, get it without the pickles," or whatever, because yeah. they would then have to all the burgers they made in the in the like heat lamp would have mm-hmm. pickles on them, so they would have to make you a fresh burger. You wouldn't get a burger that was sitting for like the last fifteen minutes. That's the same thing with comps. You got you give them some directive. You tell them to not put the pickles on the track, and you get the fresh track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and and as I said before, it's exactly how how Stephen put together this new comp. And it, as someone making a track, I love direction, and it it helps put put the the recording session in the right frame of mind, rather than mm-hmm. just an open ended thing that it's. It could be anything, and now, shoot, I don't know what exactly what vibe I'm going for. Whereas you, when you give the framework, it pushes the artist to give that to to get their self to get themselves in that correct space. And I feel like, again, obviously, don't know, but I just feel like Marco, there was some talk because there's just no way that this comp was just yeah, that, the, just that they randomly all gave yeah, these it, it tracks. Yeah, it flows just, so well. Yeah, yeah. I just feel yeah. that there was mm-hmm. some some sort of directive that he gave when yeah, asking even, for submissions. Yeah. Run through the track lists, and you've got like Sacrificio Finale and Fragment of Fire and Riddle with Cancer, Shadowland, uh, Final Destination. You have these things fit this theme, and you know maybe they were titled after that it was like, oh, I'm going to put this on this comp. But I like to think that, yeah, yeah. these were... These were for death odors, these pieces. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it's maybe he'd asked uh, Archon Satani before the split for a track or whatever, or, you know, and they, they had something. Maybe not. I'm not. It was compiled in 93 and not released until 94, so mm. Archon Satani was still around in 93. Uh, and you mentioned Order of Equilibria, of course. 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Peterson going on to do Ordo Equilibrio and Mikhail Steverstan doing Inanna. Mm-hmm. But we're not quite there yet. Before that, we have Death Machine, another sort of side project of a project that's earlier on the comp. Again, like I said, this this runs through here. And Death Machine being Michael Svensson, Mikhail Svensson of Megaptera. Yep. Yeah, I think this track actually, like while the production value is very similar, it does feel quite a bit different because there's like some uplifting kind of sounds coming into it, you know, which definitely there's no light in McAptera. And this track feels a little a little more uplifting and relieving from like some of the darker stuff that's on there. Yeah, I like those sort of flanged or phased kind of thuds Ugh. in it that just kind of trail out. So they, the character of them shifts while you're listening to it as it as it goes through the piece. And yeah, this one's I, I have flanger for that. Too. I find uh, <laughs> that's weird you say that. I find Adam Anthony Incubator and Death Machine tracks to be they're very the stuff is really paired well on this. Like we talk about the sequencing, but these are I find both of these pieces really soothing. Um, mm-hmm. it's they're very pleasant death industrial to listen to almost like there's sort of a it starts off really dark and then kind of moves through the ritual zone and then gets to the soothing zone and it it's put together well where it doesn't feel like you're listening to more of the same but it carries it carries the torch through the whole thing and i think that's it's a really special gift sequencing a comp is difficult it's it's a difficult thing to do you have to listen to it over and over and figure out where things feel right and be willing to make weird changes and and really go for it. It's not, you know, you, doing it alphabetically does not work for me. <laughs> so no, or anyone, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think that that's that that this Death Machine track is really cool and it's cool to get to hear this project because I, I haven't really seen any of that stuff available. Well, um, um. Holger, I can't remember his last name. He's he works through Ant Zen as a sub label. Rabau. Oh, Rabau. Yeah, Rabau he's great. Re- Holger. <laughs> yeah, he he reissued um, the two cassettes. Oh, nice. As individual CDs. It's been a while now. It's been probably about ten years. So each one is is each individual cassette with bonus stuff. But I mean, the original cassettes were like maybe twenty copies or something. It was something incredibly low. Wow. So. Barring those reissues, they're absolutely unavailable. Right. So, and I think you can still find copies of the Death, Death Machine CDs on Discogs and stuff. Wait, so have you seen some of these bands live? Some of the bands on Death Odor? Yes. Just Archon, just Archon Satani. Wow. And that was at that Cold Meat Fest, and it was like a reunion thing, but it was really great. Yeah. Oh, sick. Okay, I would um, like to hear more about this Cold Meat Fest. Yeah, which one was it? <laughs> It was uh, the 30th anniversary fest like three years ago, but I went to that and um, it was like three days. The first night was just Nordvarger. It was like the free show. <laughs> and that uh, honestly, it was one of the best sets of the entire week. Oh, I was going to say it would be like, like eight show. different Nordvarger band sets as one gig. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was doing he was doing stuff off of like a lot of the stuff that he was putting out at that time, even though it was different projects, but it all had kind of that similar vibe where it was like almost metal, you know, like kind of like um, I can't remember what the last two albums on Psychic Law were, but um, it was like that stuff, huh. and um, it was great. And then 
the following two days, it was like basically this dream lineup of like cold meat bands. Um, I could actually run in another room and show you the hoodie I bought from there if you guys want to see it or at the end or whatever. Yeah. Yep. If you remind Damn. me. Yep. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then after that, me and Derek Rush took a boat across the Baltic and we went and played in at that uh, Conti place in Finland. Um, it's the Obscurex container. You remember that label, Obscurex? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, he's he's like really like Aspo was at the show and stuff. It was really weird, but it was in like a little um, container, like a storage container, like you see on a ship yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that was it was an amazing weekend. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. Heck yeah. But well, getting back into Death Odors, another track that could have easily been. A favorite track. I'm going to say it, and I might say it wrong. D-Son Satan. It's actually Dyson Satan. I thought I thought I was being cool by saying it in a different way, <laughs> and I guess we'll just say it yeah. like I would say it. Dyson Satan. The Sun Satan. And what is the, the track title, Terry? You did look up the track title. Well, Cheops, I'm, I'm assuming it's an alternate spelling um, for... Uh, Khufu, the um, you know pharaoh associated with the uh, pyramids at Giza. It's debatable as to whether or not he built them, but he certainly restored them. So it's just alternate um, spelling for that. So ancient, ancient things um, being summoned here. Well, they certainly wow, were. That's, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, to me, I didn't know the meaning of that word, but what I wrote is deep and mysterious and completely extraterrestrial vibes uh, spine tingling so spine tingling yeah. really yeah. for me like the it's super dreamlike and celestial and it, it really this one gave me chills it's it's three and a half minutes it's really one of the shorter tracks on the company it does everything you want it to in that time and it i don't know it's got that nice kind of grinding synth sounds under all of it and ah this one it really really took me places yep it it just to me it had like those characteristics of like um like a good theme from an like an old sci-fi show like um drawing a blank up. the show the anthology show um yeah. in search of oh, in oh search yes of. like yeah. it, it had like like those characteristics mm-hmm. to some of the synth work in there just i mean the soundtrack from that show was beautiful mm-hmm. i mean but um but that's kind of where it took me it was like something like that like ancient and mysterious you know the this project and the next project have tracks on another incredible comp prayer of mankind on sssm put together by contagious orgasm and <laughs> that again just talking about a time when comps were incredibly special. Contagious Orgasm put together some very special Mm -hmm. comps and really much like Marco ran the gamut of obviously who he invited. I mean, that comp has everyone from skin crime and MSBR to bad sector and dice on Satan. And it's the, that is, that's a great comp that definitely would be be great. Yeah. It's so interesting when they, People aren't afraid to ask 
um, different types of artists to participate in the same comp. And see what happens. And just see what happens. Yeah. See yeah. how they can fit. Yeah. Especially like if you have a theme for them, like we talked mm-hmm. about earlier, you know, they tend to like find middle ground, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that kind of eclecticism on a comp is always a good thing, you know. And in a show. It's always yeah. good when you have yeah. a show that yeah. has an interesting yeah. lineup when you wouldn't mm-hmm. you know, expect to see them together. Yeah, I agree. The march back into time continues. With our next track. With the Sacrificio Finale. The final sacrifice. This one has the most sort of keyboard feel of any of the pieces to me, Mm. uh, production-wise, but it also really changes. It starts out with more of that dreamy, celestial, kind of ambient synth stuff, but these tones sort of layer in, and it just moves to emptier and emptier sounds and and more dissonant sounds as it goes its length and i kind of wasn't expecting that <laughs> from the from the beginning of it it it's a makes a nice bridge for sort of this segment of the album that's a little more uh almost new age feeling still within the dark ambient confines i was just going to actually compare it to like it, a lot of it reminded me of like what invenomous does towards the end like that bone marrow shaking shimmering synth that he does you know like i this is obviously way before Invenomous, but i wonder if if maybe david's inspired by something like this at all because it really has the same feel yeah i I hear you on that though that those dissonant synths are definitely one of those things that i think when i when i think of Invenomous, it's the first thing that pops to mind Mm mm-hmm yeah, light shines, light fades, doors open to places of void on this track. And then the, the one project that Steven's seen live and is wearing a shirt, Archon Satani. So this is an important project Very, to you, if I am not mistaken. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they're one of the first ones I started picking stuff up from after this comp came out and you know which is also a gateway to cold meat industry so you know which is very important to most of the stuff that that i've done um it's a great track (laughs) yeah yeah and this one too again coming coming at a time at a point in the comp where now it's like a, a metal loop it actually is almost the noisiest loop Yes. On the yeah. the comp. Highly industrial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is scraping. Yeah, yeah. And it has this mm-hmm. more yeah. direct to the point scraping sound with the ambient sound sort of circling around it. I, yeah, I put creaking. worlds, yeah. but yeah. Circle yeah. Uh, we're we're on the same page with this one and I really I really I don't know. Arkansatani is so good. Actually, in my I forgot in my recent listening, but I I played a uh, Mind of Flesh and Bones recently. I was I texted the Connellys about it. I know, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a yeah, absolutely fantastic record. <laughs> and and just getting in that zone of it's it's all about atmosphere and mood. And you have to have an imagination to listen to this kind of music. I think you have to let it take you somewhere and be willing to let it take you somewhere. And it. it 
it really can. And as we dig through the latter half of this compilation, the, some of these pieces are really going to do that too. I mean, not that the first half hasn't, but it, it it's funny that a comp starts out so strong and just keeps getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Keeps hit, keeps hitting yeah. you. Another, another weird thing to consider is these dudes were teenagers when they wrote yeah. this. I mean, I mean the the first like couple Archon Satani, I think they were like sixteen, seventeen years old, and this wow. is like pretty early on, you know. So they at most these guys were like twenty years old, you know. I mean, and this particular track, you know? yeah. And like we so, said, uh, split off into Inanna and Ordo Equilibrio. Uh, highly recommend Inanna, and highly recommend especially those first three Ordo Equilibrio records. Oh, they are man. phenomenal. Oh yeah, they are. They're incredible, wonderful records. More in the vein of something like Moonlight Hidden Beneath a Cloud. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. ritual, martial, ambient, industrial with vocals, uh, a little on the gothic side, but influ let's mm-hmm. say influenced by the esoteric. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well the the first two at least like were were woven between like Archon Satani type soundtracks with like kind of what they become more known for in the future and the third album was just like just straight like those neo-folk kind of tracks but it was great as well but um you definitely can see the evolution there you know and if you want to keep it on the minimal ambient atmospheric end then you know and Anna is, is the split you can take from that from Arkansatana I think it's cool to see the sort of like I see you know the death machine and Megaptera tracks you've got uh runes order and uh, and Dyson Satan and Adam infinite incubator here uh it's so it's like asking a crew of people and also getting some of their side projects and other things and I think that's a neat way to mm-hmm. approach the comp too is like yeah, we'll put your band on and we'll put your solo thing on. And then, you, oh, you worked on this thing with this other person. Let's put that on. Uh, in in my experience, that just sings to like it was already a micro community. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like my beta breath comp was the same way. Like I had like so many side projects of people that I originally asked, but they're like, hey, I got this too, this project. Yeah, sure, dude. Sure. You know, <laughs> so that's what that sings to me it, is when I first got this as far away from being humans as these people seem just from this crazy disc that I bought at this metal fest, they're just, you know, they were building a community just like we did like in their wake, you know? So, um, that's kind of why I think that some of the side projects are on some of these comps, you know? And, we leave this. This is the shortest track on the comp at just under three minutes. We leave Archon Satana and go into Alio Die and the uh, two tracks again. Uh, and these two tracks are perfect. Perfect in placement on the record. Perfect in a follow up to Rune's Order and Archon Satana. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this fragment of fire is just like the very breath of God atmosphere. And these floating tones and scrapes and hisses, and then there's there's some bone horn. Yep, that's what I had. For, mm-hmm. it's a, you're in a forest cave, about to be sacrificed or summoning, calling forth an energy. Like this is really 
proper ritual dark ambient and the horns the the bone horn works so well in this and it's nice to instead of hearing bones rattled on some of the earlier tracks we're hearing uh bones blown i thought it was a paleolithic lullaby Ooh, i like that because it did <laughs> feel i think you said when this track was on you said this is the music of early man absolutely yeah. I love that. And it really brings you right there. It makes you really wonder if they actually did record it in a cavern because it it doesn't sound like fake reverb or any kind of it really sounds like it was like a an elemental recording in in a in an actual cave, you yeah, know. Yeah, so so organic. Yeah, this reminded me of Montgomery Bone. It, yes, that's oh, yeah. it really does. Yeah. yeah. That uh, which was, yeah. I thought that was a great comparison. Like, oh, this really has McGovern yeah. Bone vibes. Yeah, it's it's a little pared down, but still. Yeah, I I thought that was a great yeah. comparison. And then Alio Day is Latin for another day, which I really like that project name. And this project is has like eighteen million releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still to still going to this day. They're not they're not a project that I've been explored deeply, but to my knowledge, they're definitely not quite as organic in most of the things that I've heard. It's like more of like a synth ambient kind of thing. Interesting. I mean, I could I could be wrong about that because I haven't explored it much, but the things I've heard. Well, this next track that they offer us up, Ansia. This one actually reminded me of some of the stuff that I got into listening to kind of early on through Sole Moon, which would be like, uh, like Oyuki Conjugates and some of the more like, uh, tribal ethno ambient stuff, like maybe some of the Rapoon records and stuff that's mm-hmm. that it, uh, this sort of ambient that exists more like Project Records ambient than Cold Meat Industry ambient yeah. right and then yeah. they would be on yeah. i believe yeah. aluda has stuff on project yeah. there you go i mean like that yeah. it's definitely closer to that realm of it uh a steve roach kind of vibe from some of it which i also really appreciate i don't listen to that stuff as much as i did you know in my 20s uh preferring things to be a little a little darker tinged uh but mm-hmm. this one, this one gave me that you can hear the the wind through the trees and and hollow wood, uh, some weird bells and and slight tribal vibe, and it, both of these Alio die pieces really feel uh, in the moment, like capturing capturing an event. And this track in particular sounds like there's absolutely no like electronics in it other than like effects mm-hmm. you know every everything in it sounds like it's an organically played whatever you know bone or flute or you know like to my ear i couldn't hear any synth or anything like that agreed now we're gonna get to the first and only track with vocals yes consono consano Consono. Consano is how I said it, but I'm not really sure. It's Latin for a chord. I do know I love this project. Though, I, you know, so. I don't know that I've checked them out much, but this track is like Send Your Dreams. It's it's a I, I wrote Strange Lullaby. It it almost gives like a I bet Consano like Scott Walker. It gives like that sort of vibe to it. It's got this like I don't know, this 
Roy Orbison, but like w- through the contrastate type of filter or something to it that yeah. makes it so cool. It's like slightly gothic. There's some strings, some chimes, maybe like mm-hmm. a tom drum, but it's, it's a lot of this stuff's kind of in the background and the vocals don't take the forefront because they're also in a dreamlike haze. Uh, mm-hmm. This this was the unexpected outlier and the most musical feeling, maybe just because of the vocals like this and Aller Seelan, I would say are mm-hmm. two of the sort of more musical things I would expect on this. And these tracks also speaking of perfect pairings, Consano and, and Aller Seelan could, I can't tell where that one begins and one ends. They flow perfectly from one to the next where you're just like, what was what was that I was playing? I said, no, it's on this next track here. And it just sounds, <laughs> it just feels right. It feels like a continuation of the sounds that were in the first one. It's a, it's a perfect placement on the CD. I agree. Yeah, and this, they had an album on crowd control activities, which is yep. a label that I associate with the era of murderous vision the the later 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. of course crowd control would put out grunt splatter who mm-hmm. friend of the podcast you worked with as well mm-hmm. yep and i believe crowd control also put out an audio cd if i'm not mistaken but just, i think they did yeah kind of just again just that that era that bridge of noise and industrial and death ambient that kind of when the when the mm-hmm. lines were a little more blurred i guess when 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 you have something like Consano on a on a track along with yeah she retina and gray wolves and then as mm-hmm. as well as you know raison d'etre it's, it's just a great era uh, when the lines were a little more blurred. And the I, niches I love that. weren't fully carved out yet, so everybody was still kind of close together. Yeah. yeah, they they were kind of. I didn't actually buy any of their full links until about ten years ago, but they were like on all of these great comps. They were like, they were like the, you know, if somebody wanted to inject something a little different into a comp, they would invite Consano. Mm-hmm. Like they were on in the butcher's backyard, two by six dimensions of a coffin and. You know, they, they, I think they did a tape on Sound Source, oh, which yeah. was the Cold Meat a, yeah. a sublabel. And then their CD on Cold Meat was basically just all their comp tracks and that tape from Sound Source. And it's, it's fucking awesome. You guys should totally pick that up. Cool. You know, but the one on Crowd Control, I think, was the first case specific for an album, one that they wrote. And then it was their last album. Crowd so, Control was a cool label you know. because it had sort yeah. of discordance. Not, yep. not necessarily like the, the big name superstar kind of stuff, but it did all this stuff sort of around that. Like it doesn't have raison d'etre. It has necro- necrophorus, you know, and it has, yeah. it has an, yep. an, they did an Inanna CD and so, some of this stuff that's mm-hmm. like very related to this. And I was doing, uh, we've talked about this a little bit. We talked about it with Dominic in the episode, but uh, I did a web zine in like the late nineties, early two thousands. And uh, they had mm-hmm. sent me stuff for review. So I got a good handful of those crowd control discs as they were coming out. And they were always really interesting things from a slightly different take than the like cold meat industry world while still 
being very tied to it and doing some of those bands still having its own identity outside of that. That oh, the owner of that label was uh, James Grell, who I believe was a relapse employee. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he and actually the um, what was that series that Relapse did where there were like Desolation House? And That's com- him. Desolation House. Yeah, it's him in conjunction with Relapse. Yep. This yeah. actually might be my favorite track on um, the Aller Sealand track, the Santa Muerte. Uh, I truly um, enjoyed it. I think what clenched it for me is that kind of buzzing fly sound. Um, I truly, you know. I like the sound of insects, but I, I, I thought that like the darkness and decay were just really kicked up in this track. It reminded me yep. in parts of uh, the friction calls, like bird calls and animal calls, where it's like the the yeah. wo- the rosined wood that you creak, mm-hmm. uh, sort of yeah. that vibe, or like a rusty gate. Yeah, yes. that's what I was getting, like a rusty gate. And the, there's yep. percussion on it, but it's it's kind of thin. It's not it's not like a heavier bombastic mm-hmm. thing. It's just sort of there like a war yeah, march but- <laughs> i heard like people slowly marching you know? uh, maybe it's like some hurdy-gurdy or some other kind of grindy dissonance i guess i was he's hearing the sound of rosin that's <laughs> what this uh, hey. what this really made me think is is uh you know friction uh in some way yeah and it and it vaguely sounded like a saw screaming like when you're ripping wood and you hit that sweet spot and it just wails i love that sound yeah that's a, the, like uh, the, the like yeah. those bird calls it really is like very satisfying twist them and it's just that squeal yeah and all are sealing very you know been around for a, a long time and a ton of those that like those cds were also around in the late 90s early 2000s when i was getting into this stuff so it was easy easy to find i think they're kind of like more generally working in the neo-folk field uh, aren't they or i'm not super familiar with them either earlier on the stuff was cert- more in the sort of martial industrial loop uh slightly more bombastic stuff and i think with with neo-folk elements and then moved maybe more towards that yeah i think it was yeah. very loop heavy music and i think the flies flew from austria to Italy because I'm still hearing flies on the She Retina Stimulants track. I finally there's mm-hmm. some electricity on this record. That's, hey, the oh, that's exactly what I the said. The circuits are open and the modern circuits contain ancient devils. I it's it's crazy because so much of this sounds, you know, the ritual ambient, water, wind, wood, bone, steel sounds. And then yeah, you get the she retina stimulants and it's it's like the nine seven six evil version of like yes. summoning, you know, it's we're in mm-hmm. the modern age now. We have the electronics and the electronics are infected with with evil too. I was hearing like smothered broadcasts too. Like it sounded like some kind of weird radio or something was going on in the background and just was getting fizzled with the Yeah, there's both some like nasty high tones and, and drone layers, but also like that the symphonic element that's just sort of cut through it, woven through it, uh, mm-hmm. but continues to get pushed just out of, of view, you know? Yeah. And, I, I just love She Redness Stimulants. And yes. they're, um, they're just, they're, they're, they're a project that on every revisit, I hear something new, I find something new. And yeah, I think again, the way this 
whole comp has been going to end with the pair of tracks that mm-hmm. it ends with yeah. is really interesting. And it's a really interesting curation decision. Mm-hmm. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I don't look, it's almost not fair to leave us off on gray wolves riddled with cancer. It's it. Look, this is an amazing gray wolves track. This does yeah. so many of the things that I love it when the Grey Wolves do. It, it has atmosphere and energy. It's has its own fidelity. Like the Grey, that's one thing that I think the mm-hmm. Grey Wolves excel at is their music sounds like no one else's. It's it's hot and cold at the same time. It's open and suffocating. It's it pushes all these buttons. They know how to use their tape machine to get that specific saturation sound. You know. Um, like it's this is obviously overloaded tape, you know, but it, it's overloaded in a way that's to me it was this was industrial artifact buried under layers. So it is yeah. overloaded tape, but it's not it's not crunch overloaded. It's yeah, it's yeah, not at all, not at haze all. overloaded. Yes. And gray wolves are they can literally do anything basically, and I think that's one of the one of the what makes them just so incredible they go so many different places they have so many different ideas and so many different things that they can do and they do it all and they do it all so good mm-hmm. yeah this is like this track's kind of a little bit more akin to like that blood and sand album exactly what i was gonna say you know like that's um which I think that I mean, what year did that come out? Was that around it this would, time? It, it would have been because it was it was that whole album's about the the first Gulf War in yeah. the early nineties. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I believe there was a tape, yeah. the a tape version first, and then the the Cold Spring mm-hmm. CD. Yep. But it would have been yep. certainly around I think it's this 94, time. So 95, yeah, yep. there, yeah. So I, yep. I so I mean, it, yeah, it definitely it probably was. It definitely sounds like it, it's a, uh, akin to that. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's it's just such a deep breadth of sounds that they conjure and use, and the there's there's a drum machine on it. Maybe there's there's a filter on it. Maybe you know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just an EQ on the tape machine, and that's and that's what's giving us these sort of filter sweeps. Is like a parametric EQ. Uh, it yeah. it feels this one feels greasy, <laughs> almost in parts. Like it's really. It's cancerous, and yep, perfect title. For it, it is a a powerhouse track to end on. I I, it's unfair. It it really leaves you wanting more. I played this one a second Absolutely. time. Yeah. <laughs> I rewound this song and listened to it again. <laughs> yeah, it's a strong finish, and it feels yep. like a conclusion to everything mm-hmm. that's preceded it. Yes, yeah. yeah, it really feels like you are being buried. And mm-hmm. sonically, you're buried and you're trying to remember yourself, but there's haze. Absolutely. It's it's a powerful, powerful yep. way to end. One of the most classic compilations of all time. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. And the cover is just so, you know, iconic. Like you, were, yep. you absolutely don't forget. Yeah. 
I also like that Marco um, credited his artwork as the Rotolo yes. family. Yes. That right. was the case right. on, right. on a handful or, of the- Rotolo. Uh, Rotolo. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of his. Yeah, Rotula. it was one of his pseudonyms he yes. would use for different. Because I, yeah. I think it's even compiled by M. Ratula. Right. Yeah. Right. M. Ratula. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like I don't think the reissue has those those credits in it, but the original. Oh, the reissue's got the cover in a I think a proper aspect <laughs> instead of the kind of stretched version of this, and it also ah. has the nice yeah. gold print on the cover. I I've got an original from '94 here. Uh, and it's actually, it has the Italian export stamp on the back of the thing. And I, yeah, I, I miss those. <laughs> yeah. That I honestly, that was like the weirdest looking CD when I bought it at first too. I'm like, this shit is fucking underground, <laughs> you know, yeah. just by the way that packaging yeah. looks, you know, <laughs> and like I said, I, you know, I was like wondering if they were even humans involved with this. Cause it, it was just like the blackest thing ever. You know, I like that the disc for this one and and for the other Death Odors are just black, plain black discs with the compact disc logo on it and the and the name of the comp. Yeah, like black and and yep. silver, just classic '90s CDs. Big fan yep. of the compact disc logo on CDs. Oh, I love when they say compact disc. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. The first couple of Murderous Vision, I absolutely insisted that was was going to be on there because. <gasps> Just because, like, I'm doing a compact disc. I want the goddamn compact disc <laughs> yeah. on there. Heck. I've yeah. since come off of that, but. Heck might be yeah. time for a return. Regrettably. Yeah. <laughs> Ask for them by name. Compact disc. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, man, this was so cool to go through this comp, knowing how important it is to you. Yes. And knowing how important comps are to you mm. and. They they really are, and these going through these '90s comps like music should hurt like this, you know. Hey, like Japanese American noise treaty. I mean, for for so many people, that was it's exactly. I did the thing that you were supposed to do with it. I looked at all the artists. I looked for releases by all the artists, and that was how I got turned on to so much stuff. So you could probably do a whole episode of just you know naming excellent '90s. Yeah. Industrial yeah. noise. Yeah, comps yeah, yeah. It would be like an hour and a half long. Yeah, totally. And, and actually, not even commenting. Yeah, right. On, just naming them. them. Yeah. Just naming yeah. them. And yeah. actually, that is uh, an idea in the in the future. Doing <laughs> episodes kind of like that. Actually, where yeah, just talk about our favorite covers, or you know, yeah. what I mean, mm-hmm. just more, more of your mm-hmm. loose follow discussions. Yeah, we've 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 definitely yeah. been talking about that. But this is this has been so cool. So obviously, we're gonna have links up. For the live bait band camp, or it's so it's it's murder, it's the murderous vision band camp, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I don't have a separate okay. one for live so bait, so it's murderous vision, uh, murderous vision one dot bandcamp dot com, right? Great, yeah, so mur- murders oddly, somebody registered murderous vision before <laughs> me, long story, but yes, they were it's trying murderous to cash vision out one, yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, murderous vision one dot bandcamp dot com, that's where you're going to get all the live bait yep. stuff. <laughs> The new comp. Denatalis Invicti Solus. Excellent. So grab that. The pre-order will be live Friday, December 4th, but we'll have a link up for everything so you can just be ready to go. And as well as new releases from our fearless leader, Gray Holger, Kindritic Sound, some new new, new stuff over there. So we got yeah. your, your Bandcamp Friday list 
start. <laughs> uh, anything else of yep. note coming up, Stephen? Just quickly, I want to um, say that um, a documentary that me and Aaron Vilk made 10 years ago um, is going to be aired for the anniversary for free online via Monomer TV. So um, it's City Ruins, the documentary. So, But that's it. Other than that, um, that will be on December 21st. Cool. Great. If so, people want to buy the documentary, is that still available for sale somewhere? There's some copies on Discord. Oh, okay. Um, shortly after, well, it was a couple of years after that is when my house fire yeah. happened. So, like, the majority oh. of those copies got burned up. So, we so will wait, have um, to talk so, about that at another yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And actually, just There's so side much note to quickly, talk about. So, how did, did you have stuff in another place? Because, so how do you still have the same Death Order CD? Um, I don't. Oh, I, you? Oh, okay. Um, my, I thought for some reason my yeah. personal music collection I had to replace from scratch. Oh. The only thing that came out of the house is I have like this archive. Right, you box. Yeah, said that you said in the, that. Yeah. Oh, so the cool. murderous and libate. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've been buying like a madman for six years now. Yeah. So that's the yeah. only reason I have everything. Yeah, you, know, you know, most things. I back gotta now, say, so. I gotta say that's that I I fully respect the replacement. Uh, journey you've been on. Like some yes. people would have just given up, been like, you know what? I'm yes. not rebounding you. Like, Did nope, it. I'm getting it all back. The sick, weird thing about it is it it gave me that hunt again. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like the hunt, the hunt is a beautiful yeah. thing. It, is. it really yeah. is. You it know, really is. especially for insane people who like to hunt for yeah, shit. You it's know? the best. It's it's the best. And, uh, I would I wouldn't recommend going about it that way, but. You know. But you know what? The cir- that was the circumstances that were dealt out, and I'm so glad you yeah. had an archive box. Yeah, like that yeah. was great. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, from the beginning, I thought that was something I should do. Like uh-huh. one, one fresh, unfucked with copy, boom, into the box every time. Yeah. You know, and it, it honestly, ultimately, it saved my ass because I'd be like begging people for digital copies of my own shit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> For sure. Which sounds like a fucking nightmare yeah. to me, you know. And uh, and yeah, make sure but, to, you said the City Ruins is airing on December 21st? On yep. the win- December 21st. Winter Solstice? On, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. It's going to be a pretty cool week that week. Have you guys ever seen that movie? I, I have the DVD, chance, yeah, or? I've watched it. Yeah, I've watched yeah, it a couple just, times. I think you guys are- We've just seen clips. Yeah. We tried to tear yeah. through. I think um, they also played it on uh, Cathode where they were doing a like showing documentaries and stuff. It's just like a Twitch thing where they show something live and it's not not archived or anything. But I think I got yeah. shown on oh, there along cool. with like yeah. I think they showed like I Dream of Wires and people who do noise and they did like a noise documentary thing. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's cool. So it's been on archive.org since it came out. I don't know who put it on there, but it's been up there. Mm-hmm. But um I don't think it's ever, you know, other than what you just said, I'm, to my knowledge, it's never been online other than that. But it's got lots of cool people. Like, Cle- it's all Cleveland people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was one of those things where when it was done, we were like, I can't fucking believe we pulled that <laughs> off, you know? <laughs> but 
But hey, um, that's how we feel about every, every week. How does anything happen? <laughs> I don't know. Everything. Everything. Can you believe every, we did this? Literally. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Every <laughs> Wednesday, yeah. it's like, wow, we did it. We did another Surprised one. Surprised again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah Stephen, I know you are. You are. You've been such a supporter. Yes. From from yes. The day one, which has been really cool, and definitely we've we've been wanting to have you on for a while, and it just worked out perfectly yes. this way. We could we could make sure to to get the the comp out there all right well uh, it was awesome to listen to this compilation with you steven and thanks for all your insight thank you for having and me we'll look forward to uh the compilation and city ruins on monomer and having you back for a, a full-on interview at some point in the future here yeah yeah that would be great right. i'd really like awesome. that heck Talk yeah soon. thank you so much take care awesome <laughs> you've been listening to noise extra Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.